into cybersecurity, there's a ton of content out there. And if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right, good morning, folks. What's up? Today is Monday, July 31st, last day of July. Summer's almost over. Welcome to episode number 419 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozer, and over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Jesse Johnson, if he's still with us, Laura Flores, Sharice Lamshell, Crab, not only IT, Matthew Pelkey, Get Tease, Marcus Seiler, Stephanie Lakowski, all of the Simply Cyber squad members, folks over on LinkedIn, YouTubers, first-timers and long-timers are going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be going through each of those stories and giving my um, professional opinion, my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories, really on what it means to you as a practitioner, or if you're looking to break into the industry, there's going to be value for you here. Believe me, we're going to be covering all sorts of things, and as I am known to point out, you will get asked in any cybersecurity job interview, how do you stay current? This podcast is a phenomenal answer, I promise you. And if you don't believe me, ask somebody in chat who has said, gotten the question A, and then B, use this as an answer and what their responses were like. Really quick, coming across the wire, uh, Semphilis says, got some news, have my first IT job starting tomorrow. Unfortunately, I'll not be able to be team live for today for some time from now on. So I'll see you on Team Replay. Well, that's okay. Zephyllis, congratulations. We understand, my friend. Team Replay it is, and good on you for kicking butt. Congratulations, so happy for you. Wish you all the best on that new opportunity. All right, guys. Now, remember, each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So if you need CPEs, you know you need them. And if you don't need, if you don't know what a CPE is, chances are you don't need them. So don't sweat it. But either way, each episode's worth a half a CPE. It stacks two and a half a week, 10 a month. If it were me, uh, I would actually document them monthly. Uh, it's just easier. But make sure to say what's up in chat. Good morning, Stephen Mount. Good to see you. Hey, Leonardo. OSCP pwned. Jesus, guys, coming in strong. Leonardo getting the OSCP. Well done, Leonardo. Travis Connor dropping a super chat early. Just landed my first cyber job as a security analyst, VP, and team leader. We're both familiar with John Strand and Simply Cyber. And we talked about the training and knowledge I've gained from both. Also, with the super chat, Travis, 
Super pumped for you, Travis. Super happy. Really glad that the VP. <laughs> really glad that the VP and um, who else did you say? Uh, team leader. Glad the VP and team leader are hashtag simply cyber. Um, uh, you know, aware. Uh, but this is so cool. Super happy. What a great way to start Monday. I was actually kind of dragging a little bit. I was like, oh, I better get this coffee going. Ooh, got got some cobwebs up in my head. But you guys, Travis, Leonardo, Symphilis, like you guys, straight just dropping bombs. Ah, oh, so good. All right. Well, half a CPE. So if you are live with us, if you are here already uh, well aware and celebrating these awesome accomplishments of Simply Cyber community members, solid. There's 161 of you here today. I'm sure more of you will be uh, coming in as the show gets underway. If you're live and you uh, you know want to just say what's up, hashtag team live in chat. Do love that. Um, if you're on replay, hashtag team replay. Team replay has been straight crushing it, guys. We average, let me just give you some numbers. On average, like 300 uh, during the live. We're getting close to 2,000 uh, total for the day's views. So uh, about, you know, I would argue that's about 1,700 team replay people. So team replay is a force. You guys are a force to be reckoned with. So uh, congratulations. Thanks so much, Team Replay. Guys, uh, Haircut Fish got an architect interview on Wednesday. Boom. We're going to have to come up with new sounders, guys. Like, I'm like the, the button's getting rubbed down here. Carl has entered the chat. What's up, Carl? Thanks for the super chat. Oh, my God, guys. What a killer morning. What a great stream already. Thank you all so very much for bringing the energy. Uh, coming correct. Woo. If Jesse Johnson went to bed because he stayed up late, he's going to watch us on Team Repay and be like, ah! <laughs> All right, y'all. Yeah, Haircut Fish, definitely good luck on uh, Wednesday. You got this, my friend. Guys, if you're... Um, if you're... Um, hold on one second. If it's your first time here and you somehow uh, managed to find our stream, do do a favor and do hashtag first timer in chat. I know... Uh, it seems outrageously wild and high energy what's going on in here right now. But believe me, this is a, no a regular day for Simply Cyber. So let us know in chat if it's your first time or on Team Replay if it's your first time. Hashtag first timer. We always love welcoming our new newcomers as well as saying hello and hat tip to the regulars. Now, before we get into the... Um, the top cyber news of the day. Uh, I do want to take a minute and just thank the stream sponsors for their continued support. James Wilkegan with the super chat. Kudos to all those starting new jobs and completing certs. Happy Monday. Coffee cup cheers. It's a good Monday as we're playing chess again. Absolutely. James McQuiggan with the super chat. Thank you, James. We just become best friends. Yep. I do want to share with everybody that I have been playing uh, chess regularly with James and um, he's wiping the floor with me, but I want to say that I actually felt a little bit better about my performance this last go around. Uh, decent beginning, decent mid game, sloppy, sloppy uh, end game. So, all right, guys, want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors. Start with my good friend, Eric Taylor over at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. As always, thank you so much.
Guys, if, if, you, if you don't have a plan for when there is a cyber incident at your business, Barricade Cyber is who to call. That's the TLDR. Also want to say shout out and much love to Panopsi Security. Panopsi Security run by Brandon Poole and his team. Uh, they operate left of boom. So uh, as much as like you'd want to call Eric Taylor's company if things went sideways, if you want to um, you know, kind of figure out <laughs> what your current uh, security posture is and have a plan for like your one to three year roadmap, Panopsi is the group to do that. Link in the description below. Panopsi Security can do quantified risk assessments um, hold on one second. There was so much, so much hubbub that we blew through the music intros. Panopsi Security can come in and do a quantified risk assessment, which basically looks at your people, process, and technology, evaluates it all, and then, you know, with context of like what your resources are, what industry you're in, the size of your business, they can uh, curate a very, very tailored, uh, like numerically based statistically sound and that's what makes it quantified risk assessment to give you an idea and be able to talk to the business really because that's what CISOs and GRC people do it's like listen you have a 48% chance of ransomware next year is that is that okay do you like the idea of flipping a coin and either getting hit for a couple hundred thousand dollars of downtime or do you like the idea of lowering that to like 10% for as you know as little as 15 grand right? Like th those kind of conversations. Long story short, Panopsi Security can help you straighten your program out. Also want to say shout out and love to Anti-Siphon Training, uh, but more about them at the mid-roll. Also, if you got the newsletter this morning, I did uh, reiterate the uh, one-hour OSINT training that Anti-Siphon did um, last week. That was phenomenal. There's a link in the newsletter to the YouTube uh, video if you want to get on that. Uh, definitely, definitely strongly recommend it. And finally, today is uh, Callan's Art of the Week. Uh, oh my God, where is it? Where is it? Oh my gosh. Callan's Art of the Week. So stay tuned for the mid-roll where we'll get into that as well. All right, guys, sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us in an awesome way. But I'll see you guys at the mid-roll. Oh my gosh, what we got? we got so many issues everywhere. Did I overwrite that? I did write that. Hold on one second. Give me one second. Talk amongst yourselves. Hold on. All right. Do 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 it. Do 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 it. Oh, I see what I did. Do do do. Hold on. You're this is you're watching me do production stuff. I normally do this before I go live, but you know. You get to see a little behind the curtain. All right, guys. Now, do me a favor. Sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news Mercy! wash over us in an awesome wave. Great show so far, everybody. A lot of great wins. Happy for all of you. Uh, but let's let's do the work now of the podcast and then uh, jaw jack around a little bit, have some fun. See you at the mid-roll. From the CISO series, it's Cybersecurity Headlines. It's Monday, July 31st. 2023. Israel's largest oil refinery website goes offline amid cyber attack claims. The website of Bazan Group was inaccessible to most parts of the world on Sunday as threat actors claimed to have hacked the group's cyber systems. The website remained accessible from within Israel, possibly after imposition of a geoblock by Bazan in an attempt to thwart an ongoing cyber attack. 
In a Telegram channel, Iranian hacktivist group Cyber Avengers has claimed responsibility and leaked what appear to be screenshots of Bazan's SCADA systems. The group states that it breached the petrochemicals giant via an exploit targeting a checkpoint firewall at the company. PSA renews cyber... All right, so this isn't good. A couple things to point out. One, um, Israel's largest oil refinery, I guess they $13.5 billion in annual revenue and employs 1,800 people. So, you know, that's... That's really a, a very lucrative company. I would say 1,800 people. It's interesting because 1,800 people is still like a mid-sized business. That is not very large, okay? If you think of like salespeople and, you know, the 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 operations and then, you know, engineer. Like it's 1,800 people is not that big. If, but $13.5 billion for 1,800 people? Well, that is quite, <laughs> that's quite uh, running lean and making massive profits. So anyways, um, that's the business of Haifa Bay. Uh, oh, excuse me, Bazan Group. Um, now, as soon as you see Israel hit by attack, your first thought should be Iran. Okay, like Israel, Iran is the uh, where Stuxnet happened, right? Famously, Israel and the United States, like tag team, like uh, Legion of Doom or um oh my god what what are some demolition right what are some of those classic wwf tag teams right they tag team like yokozuna and and uh uh was it earthquake right the the natural disasters right I, i'm definitely dating myself but there's enough people in chat who <laughs> remember the classic wwf tag teams anyways uh they tag teamed up and went uh and took down israel's uh natan's nuclear enrichment facility right so when you see israel attacked especially in an industrial control system capacity my immediate thought is iran they said that an iranian based uh threat actor is uh claiming uh attribution for this um two things one it was a checkpoint exploit allegedly uh that got in so Checkpoint is a uh, network security device technology, uh, usually external facing if it's a firewall. Uh, it's not a bad technology checkpoint. It's not like in the, in my opinion, like in the Zixel QNAP category, but it's it's definitely like, you know, tier two, maybe tier one B, if you will. And in my opinion, right, I'm obviously being um, sp like shooting from the hip here. So it's not like I have reports that are like, you know, in a in a blind in a blind test uh <laughs> bushwhackers in a blind test okay here's the other thing to point out remember when colonial pipeline got hit we're talking about industrial control systems controlling uh oil and oil dude prices go up for gas when oil gets messed with people start losing their mind um when colonial pipeline got hit the IT section got hit not the ot section with this one they said that the website's not accessible but it's still accessible from the inside so what what that means to me is it was the it elements of the company not the ot what does this mean it means that the oil keeps flowing baby right like engineers are out there doing engineering things pipes are opening pipes are closing fluids are moving the business did not like the actual like manufacturing of oil part was unaffected by this. The IT one was right, and it said their website was down. Denial of service attacks, while um, effective, 
they're typically temporal based. Like you have to keep the attack up for it to be effective. So if the website was down, the website was down. So I'm sure Israel's going to get um, this company with $13.5 billion in revenue over 1,800 staff. I'm sure they're going to have a cyber response plan. They may already be back up, frankly. So this is interesting. To me, this is just much more of a interesting nation state on nation state threat actor type. Not not that Israel's a threat actor, but nation state on nation state action. Um, bit of a bold move, Cotton. The the other thing I'll say is like, dude, Iran can do this to Israel and this still does not count as an act of war. If Iran flew over and dropped a EMP on on this uh refinery in Israel, that is that sure as hell would count as an attack. Uh that's true. Okay, so uh BSEC is pointing out that they said in the story that screenshots of SCADA systems were deployed. So that is true. That is true. So I, I do. That's a good point. I'm not sure. Yep, right here. They leaked SCADA systems. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Um, hopefully, hopefully it doesn't turn into anything. But I um, thanks for that uh, uh, qualifier, BSEC. The, the the final thing I'll point out is like it, it it still cracks me up to this day that this is not considered an act of war. And I don't know if I want it to be an act of war because with the ease of executing cyber attacks as easy as it is, frankly, um, we, we like if this was an act of war, by definition, like the gears of war would start turning. And like once those things start happening, things things go into motion that can't be like easily slowed down. Like, oh, Israel's at war and like we're friends with Israel. So now we're at war, too, with Iran in this case. And then Iran's going to be like, well, we got boys, too. Come on, y'all. And now we've got like this massive global war, right? Same with Ukraine and and, and Russia, except, uh, you know, Ukraine and Russia is even a bigger deal, right? Because with NATO's involvement and everything like that. So it's interesting. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it. Security guidelines for pipelines. On Thursday, the Transportation Security Administration renewed cybersecurity regulations for the operators of hazardous liquid and natural gas pipelines and liquefied natural gas facilities. The agency first issued security directives in 2021 after the Colonial Pipeline ransomware attack and reissued them in May of 2022. The renewed guidelines close loopholes in the regulations and provide operators with increased flexibility in terms of how they protect their sites. Operators must confirm to TSA that they have instituted a range of cybersecurity measures, including an incident response plan, the creation of a cybersecurity coordinator position, vulnerability scans, and network segmentation. CISA. What? Hold on. Why is TSA? <laughs> Why is TSA for the operators of hazardous liquid and natural gas pipe? So, because oil travels through a pipeline, it it falls under TSA's administration uh, or or pur purview. That's interesting. I never heard that before. If I had to, if you put a gun to my head and said, Jerry, what U.S. federal agency is responsible for? pipelines oil pipelines i i would uh, or natural gas hazardous liquid i would say um cisa or dhs right like if you think of like a tractor trailer driving with like hazmat chemicals 
that seems DHS, right? But I, I don't know. Uh, BSEC's chiming in here. I know he works in transportation. So anyways, here's the deal. We're getting more federal oversight and guidance on um, cybersecurity regs for industrial control systems and OT. Okay, I guess TSA is part of Homeland Security. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe this coffee hasn't kicked in yet. I'm getting... Uh, I think I feel like BSEC got up early this morning and already had his pot of coffee. All right, guys. So here's the deal. Um, if you work in uh, energy, right, critical infrastructure, transportation with this hazmat stuff, James McQuiggan, TSA, it's the transportation of oil. Yeah, it's weird. Kind of like Secret Service is the Treasury. That's true. That is best friends yep that is true it's a good it's a good hey guys by the way this is like a fun pub trivia night maybe you whip it out at a business meeting or something like that that tsa is over um hazardous liquid and natural gas pipelines that's it's really interesting i wouldn't have known that uh here's the deal they've issued new cybersecurity regulations um colonial pipeline really put it on the map we already knew that energy was a big deal critical infrastructure there has been multiple um uh, efforts put forth to help secure these type of things. Remember, this is also industrial control systems, operational technology. We're running a lot of legacy tech, um, a, a lot of cyber physical systems that were never designed to be connected to IT, never meant to be connected to the internet. Uh, but because of the way that digital transformation, uh, and if you had digital transformation on your bingo card, you're welcome. Uh, the way digital transformation has grabbed root the last two, three years post-pandemic, um, a lot of these systems are getting connected to the internet. So Carl, Carl, love him, mean it. So Carl can operate from a facility in Anchorage and manage the entire uh, oil pipeline up there in Alaska and doesn't have to fly up to Barrow or something like that. All right. Um, this actually ties nicely into the other kind of uh, forward-facing uh federal strategies around um, having to like um, having to uh, share with CISA vulnerabilities if you want to voluntarily. Uh, the White House kind of kicking off the hackback stuff. So there's a lot going on here. Um, according to TSA, I guess just really quickly to go through these bullets, annual submissions of the updated assessment plan for TSA review and approval. All right. I have thoughts about that. I almost feel like it's a jaw jacking thing, honestly. Like, FISMA, I'll spend 30 seconds on this, guys. FISMA is supposed to be, the Federal Information Security Management Act is supposed to be like, oh, all federal systems are going to meet minimum security compliance. I worked in the FISMA world for, I don't know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, whatever. Yes, it's a best effort and people are trying, but no one's reaching, no one's like reaching true compliance with FISMA. And the people who are reviewing it, dude, there's so many layers between me and the person reviewing it that you know it, it gets it gets boiled down boiled down boiled down and by the person by the time it reaches the person reviewing it like this tsa review and approval uh, and i hate to sound like such an ass but by the time it gets to the person at tsa for review and approval 99 percent of the time it's going to be one page one page and it's going to say like you know We've reviewed it and we feel good. Like some some underling that reports to them. And the person's just going to sign it and push it off and go to the next one. Because no one's going to go through and go through the reams and reams of documentation on the risk assessments, on the control implementation, on the real things. Because the person who's got authority to review an approval, 
they're wearing a suit in DC, right? They're, they're moving and shaking. And again, I hate to sound so cynical, but unless you're like right in the crosshairs or it's a political reelection, it's a reelection year. And somehow your system, you, like you're in like some political infighting where like your system's going to get heavily scrutinized. Like if you don't play along or whatever, that's the only thing, right? Again, hate to be such a, a D about it, but again, if you're absolutely negligent, that's going to be a problem too. But for the most part, um, these these high level government things, it's a lot of sizzle, not a lot of steak. Um, and I'll go back and watch chat if people are like, "You're such a liar!" Like, dude, I worked in it for years and years and years. It's 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 government, okay? Um, annual testing of two objectives for IRP. This is actually really good. I hope that they uh, put teeth to this thing uh, and maintain requirements such as reporting to CISA. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, final thing I'll say for like actionable intel, if you do work in, um, excuse me, if you do work in um, critical infrastructure or energy, um, let me see, critical, uh, is it critical infrastructure? Is it oil? These ISACs are awesome, okay? Uh, hold on, someone might actually already know. Yeah, these ISACs are awesome. Okay, so ISAC is Information Sharing and Analysis Center. Even though it says center, it's really like, uh, <laughs> think of it as like, a, uh, like a, an old school newsletter or um, like they should have discord servers for it, honestly, but basically it's like email distribution lists like, Oh, Hey, here's a bunch of Intel for today. And then people can reply on top of it. And then you can have an ongoing discussion through email. Again, it's been a few years since I used ISACs, but I've been in the MS ISAC, which is like the, um, the government one I've been in Ren ISAC, which is higher ed. I've been in the health ISAC, H ISAC for healthcare. They all, there's no standards. There's no it's like each one's its own different one, right? Like Ren ISAC is like very, very, very engaging. Um, H ISAC is kind of one dimensional. Anyways, if you work in oil and gas, this is something that you absolutely should be on. And you should bust this out in a job interview too. ISACs. Okay. Uh, you do have to get qualified to be in an ISAC. You have to prove you work in oil and gas. This is like a little bit of trying to keep threat actors from getting on the, on those, uh, shares, but for the most part, this is what's up. All right. James says, is there a way you would better recommend vulnerable reports be made instead of being so vague? Obviously you want it short, but what would you like to see? Yeah. Uh, ask me a jaw jack and we'll do that. I can't, I can't get into that right now, uh, but definitely get into some ISACs. James O'Quiggan dropping some ISACs, E-ISAC, O-N-G ISAC and beer ISAC. Yes. True, true, true. Best friends. Yep. Beer ISAC is a, um, uh, ask me a jaw jacking. I'm a member of Beer ISAC, which is really, really cool. I uh, genuinely appreciate that. Um, oh, I see James. Yeah, we can talk about it at mid roll. Australia warn of IDOR vulnerabilities after major breaches. These warnings relate to a specific brand of vulnerabilities that allow hackers to change or delete data by using the identities of users who are allowed to access the information. CISA and the Australian Cybersecurity Centre stated in an advisory released last week that these insecure direct object reference vulnerabilities, IDOR, involve hackers issuing requests to websites or APIs that do not require authentication or that do not properly check the authentication or authorization of the user submitting the request.
In the last few years, multiple security incidents have involved IDOR vulnerabilities, including a situation affecting a payment plugin for WordPress sites, U.S. electronics giant Eaton, Microsoft Teams, AT&T, and First American Financial. Apple. All right. So I was texting or I was DMing uh, during this, but if I'm not mistaken, uh, IDOR. Uh, it, it, okay, they have it actually broken out here. Insecure direct object reference uh, vulnerability. This is basically where in a web app on a URL, uh, you could just say like, because uh, a URL is basically like, it's a directory on a web server, right? If you ever thought about it, the reason they have like the slashes, just like on a Linux machine when you're going up and down directories or Windows box, um, you're on a web server, right? And like, Simplycyber.io, right? That's like the root of the web server on the server um, that you're at, right? And then if you do slash blog slash, you know, September slash whatever, um, unless you're getting like kind of creative on the web server side, that's basically like a directory hierarchy. Well, if you don't do good kind of input validation, URL cleaning, checking, all these things, you can get IDOR vulnerabilities, which basically means you could say like, and stay with me here. If you're not a Linux person, or if you're not a technical person, um, you can traverse up it. Like if you if you have a folder on your desktop, and you double click it, you go into the folder. You go into that directory. A folder and a directory are the same thing. Okay, you go into that, and then in that folder is another folder. Then you double click that. You go into that folder, up that directory, and then in there is a file called foobar.txt, and you double click that, and Notepad launches foobar.txt or whatever. Okay. So if you wanted to go up a directory, you could do slash dot dot slash or dot dot slash dot dot slash, right? And that's slowly, the dot dot says go up a directory, right? So instead of like changing directories and going all the way up and then opening notebook, um, foobar.txt, you could just say dot dot slash dot dot slash dot dot slash foobar.txt. And I know for those purists in chat, I just made note the, the the notebook thing all the way down deep in a directory and now i'm saying it's up a directory but just bear with me when you go into a url like you guys can't even see it right now but like this url says the record.media slash sisa australia warn of idor vulnerabilities i could technically add to the end of that slash dot dot slash dot dot slash dot dot um cmd.exe or, or or whatever like a shell file a shell script or something like that and if i'm able to execute that shell script well then that's an idor vulnerability and uh pen testers leonardo oscp recently minted oscp knows what's up <clears throat> so <clears throat> let's just imagine for a second a website has the capability to upload files right upload your profile photo for example something as simple and benign as that i'm going to upload a really cool mid-journey pick a me um you know whatever like on the moon wearing an astronaut helmet okay <clears throat> but instead of a profile png file i upload a bash script that basically makes a call back to my server and i've got a listening service so i i upload it there's no input validation on the on the jpeg file or the png file so i upload it obviously it doesn't show anything on my profile photo but if I'm able to move <clears throat> using IDOR through the, <clears throat> through the web server and actually call that file on the web server, soon as I call it and hit enter, the web server is going to uh, try to pull that file, potentially run it, right? I, I know I'm being like really, really simplified here. 
and then it'll make the reverse uh, shell back to my box, and now I'm in the server, and I can go from there and do what I want. That's Idor in a nutshell. Ah, in a nutshell. Ah, oh, I don't have the haha. Ha ha. Okay, that's Idor in a nutshell. Um, and they're just basically saying, Sister in Australia, warning that major breaches are causing Idor. So here's two things that I'll give you for action. One, if you are running web apps in any capacity. Um, make sure that they are not vulnerable to IDOR or that you're, pre you're testing for IDOR vulnerabilities, <clears throat> right? Basically, right? So if it, and they mentioned WordPress and stuff like that. Here's the deal. I'm not saying don't get rid of all the web apps. I'm just saying if you're going to have web apps, do what you can to protect them. Also, and this is a really big lift, but if you can get network segmentation, you can kind of compartmentalize off because if... <gasps> Because if Carl stands up a WordPress server and it's wicked vulnerable and you get in threat actors are able to get into it through IDOR, well then if Carl is kind of like uh sequestered off on his like, you know, testing VLAN, well then at least you might be able to uh minimize the impact of that compromise. And the second thing I'll tell you. Yeah, Leonardo, IDOR is different, is basically when you can access other users' data actions in short. So what am I talking about then? What am I talking about if, where you can traverse up and down uh, the directory hierarchy using the uh, dot, dot, slash? Um, okay, and then the the final thing I'll say here, definitely check for IDOR. I, and I think I know what Leonardo's talking about. Um, the second thing I'll say is if you are a bug bounty person, a pen tester doing bug bounties, don't think that IDORs don't exist. Don't think that because they're so obvious and so easy that... Oh, I better not look for those because all the, the really good hackers have already found it. No, these things are in major breaches to this day. July 28, 2023 is as reported in this article. So they can get there. Uh, oh, okay. So I was talking about LFI, local file inclusion. I'm sorry. Thank you, uh, Leonardo, for the qualification. IDOR is like, correct me if I'm wrong. IDOR is like when you log into a website and it says like on the URL, like, simplycyber.io, but I'm logged in. So then it says question mark user equals one, two, three, four, which is my user ID. And then you change it to say one, two, three, five. And all of a sudden it presents me with B sex information or one, two, three, six. And all of a sudden it's Leonardo's information. I think that might be, um, IDOR. I mean, both interesting local file inclusion, uh, directory traversal. These are all techniques of our modern hacker. If you'd like more information, um, if you'd like more information uh, on this for, for people who are new here, definitely Google OWASP top 10. This is like ground zero for uh, web application security researchers and bug bounty people. Uh, go check those out. Thanks. Thanks community guys. I don't, I don't I'm, I'm definitely not a, a, a pen tester, so I get it wrong sometimes. So thanks, community, for uh, qualifying that. Thanks, Leonardo. Jets X on iOS app because rules. This week, both Google Play and Apple's App Store pushed updated versions of the Twitter app, respectively, for Android and iOS users, now bearing the X logo. And in the case of Android, it put forth the new name X, even though the underlying APK ID remains com.twitter.android internally. The Apple App Store, however, cannot or will not rename the app to X on account of the name having too few characters. 
As data scientist and Next founder Nick Sheriff stated, quote, Apple does not permit any app to have a single character as their app name, end quote. While iOS app names can be up to 30 characters long, they must be at least two characters in length. All right. <clears throat> I did notice this morning on my phone, as many of you may have, that the, uh, <laughs> that the app logo now is the X, which I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I'm probably just rooted in uh, familiarity, but I, I don't like it, honestly. Kind of looks like a, <laughs> it kind of looks like a crypto bro, like, oh, this app's going to revolutionize everything. Like, get in now. Like, it's got that vibe to it. Um, Apple's pushback. Uh, Twitter, Elon, they do have a lot of juice. So I could see maybe an exception being made because um, it's it's a it's an administrative control saying that you can't, like, too few characters, right? Like, I don't think that there is a technical limitation of the Apple ecosystem that says, oh, like three characters or more will work, but anything less than three characters, the system will break. It'll break everything. That seems a little uh, silly. <clears throat> to me, it's probably, <clears throat> to me, it's probably more um, for clarity and, um, you know, just, I think Apple did it more out of a clarity thing. Again, Elon's got a lot of juice, so they might be able to push back on this one. Um, personally, I also I also see it as, um, I don't know, like not peacocking. And again, I've been watching Succession on TV. So like, you know, I'm really in, I'm really like attuned right now to like this corporate world, big tech Game of Thrones vibes right now. So in my mind, like Tim Cook's just like, you know, <clears throat> peeing on the carpet in Elon's living room <clears throat> and being like, what about it? What about it? What are you going to do for me, Elon? So I know this is total tin. Like this isn't even tinfoil hat. This is just me being silly. I don't know um, if Apple and Twitter had um, conversations that broke down or whatever, but I, I find it interesting that there's no way that Twitter did not know that this was going to happen. Okay. There's no way that with all the money and all the people and all the lawyers and all that stuff, there's no way that some junior engineer on Sunday night last night was like, oh, I'm just going to update the app store to X. And then they got like, a, uh, uh, like too few characters. Like you're like you're inputting a password that's like too basic and you get like the pop-up and, the, and they're like, oh, crap. Um, so the app, the app has the X and it's still called Twitter. Um, it's still called Twitter on the thing. I'm going to look at my phone right now. I'm actually kind of curious. What the heck? kind of curious yeah oh it does say x though I like i don't know if you guys can see come on snap in on that it does say x on the app so i mean they were able to do that so it, i guess it's just like a back end it's a back end thing whatever and now a word from our sponsor opal opal is the data-centric identity platform Identity is one of the last great enterprise frontiers. It's fragmented with legacy architecture. Opal's mission is to empower enterprises to understand and calibrate access end-to-end. -end. The best security teams from companies like Databricks, Figma, Blend, and Drada use Opal to build identity security for scale. Learn more at opal.dev. <laughs> That's O-P-A-L dot D-E-V. All right. Thanks, James Pratt. Thanks, 
Aiton, son. I do like, guys, really quickly, uh, James Pratt said him and his son. Well, at least his son loves the show. James is here, so I think James likes the show at, <clears throat> at a minimum. Um, big fan of uh, the families and the different, uh, you know, generations. Sherry's in here. She's a grandmother, but she's doing it because she wants to talk to her grandkids about cyber. People doing industry pivots. Like, I love the Simply Cyber community, and I love all the different stories and how rich and diverse and interesting and cool and you know it's just awesome i love how supportive and inclusive this community is guys so um thank you so much now if it's your first time here i didn't see any hashtag first timers in chat but there probably was we do this every day at the mid-roll and uh big fan of it <clears throat> all right hey hey guys what's up uh, i want to thank all of you for being here i appreciate all of you if you're getting value from the show, whether it's entertainment value, educational value, both, take a hot minute, hit the like button. It does go a long way for helping other people. And this is really like, this is the inclusive part. It helps other people find it. The YouTube algorithm will be like, oh, cyber people like this. Let me go find more cyber people. So take a second. It would mean a lot to me and to the community if you hit the like button and came back. You don't even have to leave, just hit the like button. All right. Thanks again to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber and Panopsi. Also want to say shout out and thanks to Anti-Siphon Training. Guys, Anti-Siphon Training is the training arm of Black Hills Information Security. They deliver amazing, rich, educational cybersecurity content to our community. They do live trainings. They do on-demand trainings. They do trainings at the conferences. They are awesome. And I want to call your attention to their pay what you can trainings. Now, they have a lot more training than just this. But these eight classes are pay what you can, which literally means you decide the price tag for this course, not them. Three of these courses are taught by John Strand himself. John Strand's the leader over Black Hills and an inspiration to many of us, including myself in the community. I model, you may or may not know this, I try to model Simply Cyber and the work that I do after the direction and vibes that John Strand has pushed into the, our community. So it, it's really important to me um, and I love it. So if you're interested in reporting for pen testers, here's a course for that. I actually heard some people talking about it last week about how to report. Um, getting started in the industry is awesome. This active defense and cyber deception class I've taken myself, it's phenomenal. I actually have a review on the video. Uh, I have a review video on the channel if you're interested in learning more. So go to Anti-Siphon. There is a link below that has a counter when you click on it. Um, you know, Black Hills and Anti-Siphon, they're probably not even going to ever ask me how many clicks were on it, but if you want to, click there. Otherwise, just Google for Anti-Siphon training, you'll find it, or Google Black Hills training, you'll find it. Uh, and thanks again to them. Longtime sponsors, guys, just so you know, um, Barricade, Panopsi, and Anti-Siphon are, are, are dug in for the rest of 2023. So this is our this, these are the sponsors. These are our, our partners. Now, Simply Cyber Community Challenge, Gabe Lister is currently holding the baton. Gabe, thank you so much for holding that baton. I would love for uh, Gabe to tag somebody in chat. Guys, the Simply Cyber Community Challenge is an ongoing initiative where it, one every single day, one person gets the baton and that person goes on LinkedIn and shares their cyber story. And everybody else in the community connects with that person, connects on LinkedIn, connects, then comments and connects with the people in comment. What you will end up doing is building a rich 
meaningful, cyber-focused LinkedIn feed, if that's what you want, believe me, there is massive freaking value in networking. And this is a great way to laser focus your network um, with supportive, inclusive cyber people. <clears throat> Gabe, if you can tag someone, I would really appreciate it. Secondly, uh, someone told me they just joined the community two weeks ago and that they searched on this hashtag and went back through all the posts. There's been like 70 now went through the posts and connected with those people and supercharged their network. Super awesome. Gabe uh, is doing that. Love it, love it, love it. I wanna say really quick to Justin Murhoff, if you'd like to know more about the importance of accessibility for those with disabilities, so everyone can be secure and be part of our community, please reach out. Yeah, Justin. Yeah, <clears throat> let me uh, let me take a, a note on that. Justin, if you can ping me on Discord, I'd love to talk to you and, and find out. I do, because of misty-eyed, I do run closed captioning on this. Uh, guys, really quickly, Mondays are uh, Callan's Art of the Week. My son, Callan, he's very creative and artistic, and on Mondays, he owns this day. Um, so, actually, Simply Cyber Challenge has 118 posts. Um, all right, I'm going to present you with Callan's Art of the Week, okay, guys? Now, this is a good one. <clears throat> we... My son and I, my two sons actually, Grayson, Callan, and I, we drove by a school bus that was like a mobile classroom studio, and they got it in their head that Simply Cyber needs to go on the road. So they, Callan literally drew up the Simply Cyber school bus. Now, I know that it's just a pencil drawing because it's a rough, you know, alpha version, but this is the bus. These are student seats. These are solar panels to run everything. Um, Let's see. Yeah, solar-powered headlights, work laptops. Um, I can't read this. But anyways, this is the Simply Cyber Bus. So you might see this. You might see this coming through a neighborhood of yours. Uh, notice the work laptops as they're called out. That's the engine. All right. So I want to say shout-out and thanks um, to Callan uh, for driving this initiative. You might see Simply Cyber driving through your neighborhood. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Big Chip, for being here for your first time. Hope you're enjoying it. All right. Let's keep going. President Biden nominates veteran national security official as top cyber advisor. The president on Wednesday nominated Harry Coker, a longtime CIA and national security agency official, to serve as the next national cyber director. Coker's nomination ends a protracted search to replace Chris Inglis, who led the Office of the National Cyber Director until February, after leading efforts to draft the administration's cybersecurity strategy. Leading voices on Capitol Hill had urged Biden to nominate Inglis's deputy, Kemba Walden, who has been serving as the acting director. Despite the support of key lawmakers, the White House passed on elevating Walden to the permanent position, reportedly out of concern that her significant financial debts might hinder her confirmation before the Senate. This decision has sparked widespread criticism from former government officials and cybersecurity veterans. What? All right. Uh, this... I don't know about this, guys. Okay. So... <clears throat> All right. So the... This is what basically Harry Coker, who I, I haven't heard of before, but longtime CIA NSA official. So, you know, well equipped 
for this role is going to be the next national cyber director, right? Which is a huge post in the modern, um, in the modern, you know, world with how how relevant uh, cyber is. Now, the the real story here, I would argue, is that Kemba Walden was not selected. Now, they're saying in the story, and I don't, I haven't read anything, but Kemba, they're saying that she was passed over because of her financial debts. Uh, two things. One, so Kemba's good enough to be the acting director for six months with this financial debt, but not okay to just have the title formally. I find that a little sus. Two, um, you know, like, I don't know if this is more Game of Thronesy type stuff, but dude, we've seen people, again, like, this isn't a political show, but we have seen people who have horrible, horrible uh, skeletons in their closet get elected to the Supreme Court. We have seen people with horrible, horrible situations get elected into the Senate, right? Like, known, like, known that they're lying. I think I think this one particular individual has been, I don't even know if he's been, like, removed. But But my point is, like, this crap happens all the time, and they, yes, they get, you know, dragged out in front of everybody and embarrassed, but at the end of the day, they still get the job. So I find it, um, to me, this almost seems like a power moves, but, you know, this is a tinfoil hat, uh, I guess, tinfoil hat. Uh, where Where's my tinfoil hat? Uh, do, do, do. I feel like this is a tinfoil hat take right here. Like, to me, this is just straight up power brokers making uh, moves in, in the, you know, shadowy underbelly of DC, right? They were at some cool cocktail party with just elites and they decided that uh, Coker's going to get the job and Kemba's not, you know, or like what Kemba didn't bend the knee or something. I don't know, but it just seems dumb. I will tell you that Kemba Walden, if she's who I think she is, let me just confirm this before I drop a, um, yeah, this is exactly who I think you're at. Kemba Walden, guys, this woman, this woman's awesome, right? Like, uh, dude, I think this woman right here, it, watch her, watch her talk. This woman is so, like, when I say well-spoken, I don't mean that she has, like, a good command of the King's English. This woman is, like, heady and thoughtful and introspective and interesting and makes great points, but she's very casual about it. Like, imagine watching, imagine watching, like, the world's best tennis player play tennis against, like, um, you know, just a regular person, right? And I'm not saying that, yeah, she could just crush him, but it's it's much more like, oh, I'm just I'm effortlessly playing, but like it's so silky smooth and so BA. But also I'm making it accessible to the person who doesn't understand all these things. Like I like as much as I love Jen Easterly, Kemba Kemba Walden, like really interesting, really interesting, inspirational person. Again, I don't know what her financial situation is. I don't see I mean, I don't know. I, I will say that it, it is it is pretty common. Um, it is pretty common when you're getting a security clearance for them to ask you about your financial backgrounds because basically, if you have massive debt, then you are you could be susceptible to foreign influence by like, hey, here's a ton of money. Um, your debts are gone. Doesn't that feel good? You can sleep better at night. Oh, by the way, what are the codes to the nuclear? Right. I, I'm being wicked hyperbolic, but you get my point on why they might push back 
on financials. Um, but just my thing is, if she was going to do something, she's been the freaking acting director for six, seven months. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But anyways, TLDR, check out Kemba Walden. Um, she's great. Lisa warns about submarine backdoor employed in Barracuda ESG attacks. The malware variant, tracked as submarine backdoor, was employed in attacks exploiting the flaw CVE-2023-2868 that resides in the module for email attachment screening in Barracuda email security gateway appliances. CISA states, quote, Submarine is a novel persistent backdoor executed with root privileges that lives in a structured query language database on the ESG appliance, end quote. They warn that the backdoor can be used by attackers for lateral movement. All right. Hackers. Okay, so this is a straight up this is a straight up technical exploitation. CIS is warning people that it's being actively exploited, I guess. Um, Barracuda, this is a tech stack. Again, in my opinion, tier two. I'm going to have to start like running like a tiers list for networking devices. BSEC is a network engineer. Um, he can comment on this. Um, but to me, like I mentioned earlier, uh, there was a Fortinet issue. Uh, I believe it was Fortinet, and I said that's like tier two. Barracuda, Fortinet, tier two in my opinion. Um, like Cisco and Palo Alto are tier one. Uh, if you're running Barracuda in your network, you may want to investigate whether or not you're susceptible to this. It is the email security gateway appliance specifically. Um, so that's actually quite quite relevant. Um, email is not something you want to mess with. They said it's a submarine backdoor. So not only would this allow a foothold into your organization, but also screwing with your email is no joke, guys. Email email is like, it's the lifeblood of a lot of businesses, right? You might be like, ooh, we like to text and stuff. But at the end of the day, let's be real. Email is vitally important. And if you kneecap someone's email uh, gateway, you could denial of service them. You could also, if you got in there, you could also um, whitelist. Actually, I don't think that that's so uh, politically correct anymore. You can um, authorize, I guess you can make a policy that authorizes emails coming from a very specific domain or email address um, to be approved, right? So like a threat actor can be sending emails from like bad guy at, you know, nicrosoft.com, which, you know, an email security gateway is going to flag right away as uh, phishing or spam or malicious. But if you set an access control policy to allow all emails from that address to go through, well, then they're going to pass right through. And everybody who's been trained, everybody that's been trained to, um, you know, accept that, oh, the email gateway is going to stop all these things. They could fall for these things. So allow list. Thank you. Thank you guys. So, um, so that's the deal with that. TLDR, if you're running this, um, technology, you you need to be mindful of this. And if you are just a GRC, not just a GRC, if you're GRC, if you're not touching the IT stack, if, you, if you're a large enough company that IT um, is separate from InfoSec, or you have like an email team or whatever, just forward this over to them and holler at them about what's up. Because you do not want a <laughs> you do not want a uh, threat actor's backdoor sitting on your email security gateway. Okay.
Abusing Windows search feature to install remote access Trojans. Ooh, look at this. A legitimate Windows search feature is being exploited by unknown malicious actors to download arbitrary payloads from remote servers and compromise targeted systems with remote access Trojans such as Async Rat and Remcos Rat. According to Trellix, the technique takes advantage of the Search MS URI protocol handler, which offers the ability for applications and HTML links to launch custom local searches on a device, as well as the Search colon application protocol, a mechanism for calling the desktop search application on Windows. Threat actors have been observed creating deceptive emails that embed hyperlinks or HTML attachments containing a URL that redirects users to compromised websites. This triggers the execution of JavaScript that makes use of the URI protocol handlers to perform searches on an attacker controller server. And now... Alright. I was getting the vapors from this infographic. Wow. Alright. Okay, so... As cool as this is... Um, as cool as this is... Everything around this has to do with... And I can't really highlight it here. Uh, can I? Can I? You guys don't see this, do you? No. I can't. I can't highlight it because I'm sharing the browser, not my desktop, so you won't see me circle things. But everything is right here. This search dash msuri protocol handler. This is where essentially the vulnerability is. Everything to the right of it is just clever um, threat actor behavior. But at this point, at this point right here, they send you an email. And if you click on it and you're able, they're able to execute this search dash MS URI protocol handler, then at that point, all this stuff to the right is just threat actor behavior, right? They're able to pull down a malicious file from a file server, get you to click on it, um, run PowerShell scripts, all those things, right? So everything to the right of this could be swapped out and changed or whatever. This right here, search dash MS. That's where the magic is happening. Now, I would say from a um, from a security perspective, let me see really quickly what what do they authorize here? Um, yeah, see, it, should a victim click on it, it could lead to the execution of a rogue DLL exactly. So you're you're pwned as soon as that thing comes in. Um, so there really isn't any fix right now. So what I would say, if it were me, okay, and I'm just one dude here, what I would say is you should definitely, you know, educate your end users to not click on stupid stuff. Secondly, um, you should definitely tune, tune your EDR to look for this behavior, right? I don't know how often it happens legitimately, but this is clearly an illegitimate attack vector that there isn't a fix for right now or a control for. So I would tune your EDR, which a lot of EDRs don't get tuned, tune your EDR to look for this type of behavior when that search MSURI protocol handler is called. If, and, then it, and then if there's like a, 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 a DLL called right after that, that it says regserve uh, using the regserve32 exe utility, if this behavior happens after the search MS URI protocol handler is called, you very much likely have this incident or this issue happening in your environment. And this is why, by the way, this is why detection tuning is important 
and going from a you know uh, a basic EDR default installation to a tuned one is so vitally important. Okay. Also, quick shout out, um, uh, Mick Douglas, uh, aka Better Safety Net on Twitter. Uh, he actually had like a whole uh, Twitter thread that pissed, uh, well, upset a lot of people um, over the weekend about uh, EDR tuning and how good EDRs or are not. He actually named some brands in his thread, which is why a lot of people got upset. Let me um, let me actually pull that up really quickly because it, it it's worth uh, it's worth sharing. I'm not going to run through it. I'll just see Mick Douglas, Better Safety Net. We follow each other. Thanks. Um, here, I'll drop a link in here to to Mick. This is a great guy to follow. Really nice guy. Um, really nice guy. Also, fun fact, my very, very, very first interview on Simply Cyber, I had like 27 subscribers on the YouTube channel, and he agreed to be interviewed. The guy's, <laughs> the guy's amazing and uh, very generous with his time. So anyways, check that out. But at the end of the day, you want to look for that in your EDR. Last week in ransomware. With ransom payments declining, ransomware gangs are evolving their extortion tactics to utilize new methods to pressure victims. This was seen with both the CLOP and Black Cat Alpha V ransomware gangs who have started using clear websites to leak data stolen during the MoveIt transfer attacks. This makes it easier to access the stolen data and could allow search engines to index the data and make it more readily available, applying further pressure on victims to have it removed. Last week also saw a new extortion strategy from Black Cat, who introduced a new data leak API that makes it easy to grab the latest information on who is listed on their data leak site, again in the hope of pressuring victims into paying a ransom. Sophos also released a new research containing further details on the new Nitrogen initial access malware used by Black Cat. In addition, a MoveIt breach at U.S. government supplier Maximus exposed the data of up to 11 million people. An attack at Yamaha was claimed by both Akira and Blackbyte. And Hawaii Community College paid a ransom to prevent the leak of data. Remember that... Whoa, hold on. Did they just say Hawaii? Oh, Hawaii Community College. I was actually, wildly enough, I was actually on a call with the uh, CISO over the University of Hawaii last week. Uh, so that would have been really bad if uh, if that was actually them. Um, guys, it's Monday, so there's always a um, there's always like a roundup. So I won't spend time because we're actually a few minutes over. But really quick, definitely check out this story. Um, I always like to say, think of it as like a uh, a yard sale where there's probably something in here for everybody. Go pick out some stuff um, and find what supports your business, your needs. If you're looking to break in the industry, if you have interviews coming up. This is an awesome little um, roundup for you to read. Ransomware is pervasive in our industry. We're all, we cybersecurity practitioners are all very mindful of it and very uh, aware of trying to be resilient and stuff like that. So if you bust it out at a job interview, whoever you're talking to at the job interview is also going to be really mindful of ransomware. So you can pop one of these stories in there. I mean, don't, don't, don't force it in there. Don't be like, so tell us a little bit about yourself. How do you like, tell us a little bit about your, like, tell us a little bit about yourself. And you're like, Alfie, 
<laughs> it's just like you just like belt out uh, a ransomware threat actor name. Like be casual about it, but be be mindful. Um, you know, like if you work in higher ed or you're interviewing in higher ed, this Hawaii Community College one would be good. Um, if you're working in manufacturing, this Yamaha one would be good. If you work in any industry, the Move It one's probably pretty good. Um, but Maximum is a professional services company. So if you're looking to get into that, my, my point is not just knowing stuff that's relevant to the industry you're interviewing in, but also current, relevant, timely um, events is very, very, very vital because it shows that you're keeping up to date, which is what you need to do uh, to be dynamite in the industry. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the stream. Really quickly want to let everybody know I scheduled this like five seconds before we went live. Um, later today, it is Monday, so I play haiku um, on Mondays at 4 p.m. It's very casual. I got a baseball hat on, playing some music. I get copyright strikes every week. If you guys want to come hang out, have a good time, kick it as the, uh, the end of the day rounds out on the East Coast. Come hang out today. We're going to be looking at SQL Map and doing SQL map injection attacks. Um, we have a great group of people that typically uh, show up there. Leonardo, uh, newly minted OSCP is usually there. Jenny Housley is usually there. Um, this is how I found out about the Visual Threat Intelligence book was on um, maybe last Monday's stream or two Mondays ago. Anyways, long story short, if you want to come hang out, um, be casual, learn cybersecurity network, um, there's a link. All right, that's going to do it for today's... Um, oh, hold on one second. Uh, did, uh, does this one... Okay, so really quick, if you were here just for the news, thank you all very much. Genuinely appreciate it. This is episode 419 of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief. I'm Jerry, your chat. Have a great day. Go crush it. And congratulations to everybody um, who has got interviews, got new certs, crushing jobs. Uh, keep at it. I'm going to pivot into jawjacking with a segue right now. But uh, yeah, this has uh, been the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. Thank you, community. All right, welcome to jawjacking with Jerry. Um, once I have a second channel and once I'm on my own, um, I'll be able to do it a little bit cleaner, <laughs> but for now, that is the official transition. Okay. So welcome to jaw jacking. I think I have a nine 30 with, uh, David Meese. Yeah. Nine 30 with David Meese. So I've got, uh, 20 minutes to chat with y'all. If you want to holla, uh, who picked up the simply cyber baton? Oh, Darius cater did. Darius Cater, thank you very much, Darius. Go crush it, man. Looking forward to it. Who listened to the new Jack Reciter's podcast was really good. Hold on. Jack Reciter released a new podcast or like a new episode of Darknet Diaries? Because if it's a new podcast, I need to know what it is. Jack Reciter podcast. See, the thing is, you got to tell me what it is because Darknet Diaries is going to dominate any, any, um, any query of... Jack Recider, hold on, here's his Twitter. I'm sure Jack's probably tweeted about it. Oh, Jack's gonna be at DEF CON, that's very cool. Okay. Okay, um, 
looks like the newest episode of Dark Knight Diaries as a WannaCry one. That's pretty cool. Definitely worth checking out. I love myself some Darknet Diaries, so if you don't know what Darknet Diaries is, allow me to be the one to introduce you. It is a phenomenal, it's probably the top cybersecurity podcast in our industry because it mixes storytelling with interesting news. Jack's got a great production team. Uh, he's been around since 15, I think 2015, and, um, and, and, and it's phenomenal. So this is absolutely worth checking out if you didn't know about it. Guys, I want to let everybody know uh, if you're going to Black Hat DEF CON, um, if you're going to Black Hat DEF CON and you want to hang out, um, come on. Uh, we are, oh my God, what is going, my level of tolerance for these things is so low. We are planning a, uh, a meetup on Friday, August, uh, whatever 10th 11th i think it's august 11th um yep august 11th around 3 3 30 p.m uh local time there in vegas at abel baker brewing company holler at x uh aka uh, christina for uh suggesting this location i checked it out it's really good i tried to schedule like a reserve table they said no uh, so it's just, you know, it looks like there's plenty of space. So just show up. If you drink beers, get a beer. If you're hungry, get food. Um, it's basically just going to be a hangout meetup. I'll be there. I know other people from the community is gonna are going to be there. So if you want to socialize, high fives, um, group photos, come on by. I'm very, very partial. I'm wearing a brew, brewing, like a beer shirt right now. Like, simp like cybersecurity in craft beers and, <laughs> and retro synthwave music are kind of like my jams. So, um, you know, that's what's up if you want to hang out. Also, just a reminder, everybody, that on the Simply Cyber Discord server, there actually is a channel for conference meetup where I will um, definitely remind everybody uh, what's up. I'm actually going to do it. Abel Baker Brewing, 3 p.m. local time on August 11th, Friday. Cool, cool, cool. All right. This song's kind of not good. All right. So James McQuiggan, awesome. James, I know James will be there. Uh, James Guile saying Security Now is also a great cyber news podcast. Very technical, though. Yeah, awesome. I also like Sand Stormcast as a, um, as a daily. I used to listen to Sand Stormcast daily for my daily news. But unfortunately, not unfortunately, but as I moved more into the CISO role, um, this 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 podcast is great. But it's it's to me, it's more for like engineers and uh, like it's more for engineers. But but it's it's really good. Yo Johan Ulrich's been doing it for I don't know as long as I can remember. What else is cracking, y'all? Let me see this. Oh, uh, this Thursday, this Thursday, um, Simply Cyber Live, I'm going to do a Simply Cyber Con update. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a Simply Cyber Con update. Uh, just so everybody knows, a couple things really quickly. Um, uh, oh, hello. So check this out. I'm going to drop a link to this. 
And really quickly, really, really quickly for Darius Cater, CPEs are continuing professional education credits. CPE, Charlie Papa Echo. And basically when you get a security certification, like um, CISSP, OSCP, SEC Plus, all these things, they require you to stay current in the industry. And the way that you prove that you're staying current is by submitting CPEs. So in order to keep your certification valid, you have to pay an annual fee, thanks, and you have to do CPEs. Uh, and, and that's what those are. Okay, so let's look at the con website. So check this out, guys. Con website. If you are interested... Really quickly, I'm super pumped about this, okay? Here's your MC. I'll be your host. Yay. Then our keynote with John Strand is going to be super dope. We all know John Strand's amazing. We've got workshops. Jack Scott putting on an iHeart NIST. OSINT with Charles Finfrock. Mike Miller is going to help your LinkedIn presence. And Cody's doing Wi-Fi hardware hacking like a boss, okay? Then we've got our speaker tracks. This, this conference is really coming together. Okay, we, uh, many, many uh, cybersecurity community members in here. Uh, it's great to see so many of you stepping uh, up, you know, stepping up to uh, contribute and um, some of you for your first time. Chuck Saps in here. What's up, Chuck? Good to see you. Marcus Seiler, always in chat. Marcus might even be in chat right now. Good to see you, Marcus. Haircut Fish. Yeah, man. James Rice, Kimberly, John Hoyt, my man. God, so many people are very, uh, a very good uh, community friend. Joe Hudson, who's over at TCM now. And MDK, Moses David Klein, deep, deep technical expertise. We've got the CTF coming from Haiku. But what I wanted to tell you is, if you want to spread the word, we actually have pre-canned um, social media posts and, and graphics. So if you want to share on your socials, you can make it quite easily uh, here. And then people have been asking about the merch. Oh my, is this live? <gasps> oh my. The merch store is open. Remember, this is all nonprofit. The the Simply Cyber Con, Simply Cyber YouTube channel is, you know, I guess for profit. Everything with the conference is nonprofit, including the merch. These this merch looks great. I want to say shout out to Kimberly McKnight, who's really been busting her, uh, getting this all done. So thanks so much, Kimberly. This looks wonderful. Yeah, look at this dope so if you want to rep if you want to get um these shirts only 19 dollars, which is really really affordable i think these are marked down to the point where there's no profit built into it yeah they're all sold at costs according to kimberly so check it out guys this is uh super dope i'm gonna drop a link here yeah guys absolutely like Kimberly McKnight. Kimberly straight crushing it, y'all. We're very, I, I got to tell you, I'm very fortunate. We are all very fortunate uh, to have Kimberly in the Simply Cyber community. Yep, Marcus, $19. Sold at cost. All right, how are we doing on time? I got a couple more minutes. All right. Um, Butler NA says, people have been telling me to do home labs to have a better chance to break in for jobs. What exactly is a home lab? And is it truly worth the investment if I'm poor? So Butler NA, 
Butler NA's question is basically, are home labs worth it? Here's the deal, Butler. Right now in our industry, cybersecurity, um, practical hands-on skill is the most desirable attribute of a candidate, right? So if I'm if I'm looking at a candidate and I'm interviewing them, right? What certs they have, what education they have, all interesting and has value. But if they can demonstrate that they've done it, hands-on keyboard done it, it, it has higher value because to the hiring manager's mind, I can pick you up and put you in the seat in my office and you can start cracking away because you have practical hands-on experience. You've seen it. You know what it feels like. Because the thing is, like, you can talk kind of at a high level about things, but getting punched in the mouth or having something break, these things are, you know, they happen. So having that experience, like a perfect example, right? Where is it? This example right here where I said you need to, like an idea would be because there's no easy stop for this right now is to do detection engineering for this protocol handler call with a DLL uh, being launched or being launched basically by RegServe32 right afterwards. If you have done that in a lab, that is very valuable if you're a SOC analyst, like applying for a SOC analyst because you understand what you're looking for. Now, as far as like cost of doing a home lab, I will say that, uh, let me do this. On my channel, I have this right here. Hold on one second. Here is a home lab SOC analyst experience that, I mean, it doesn't cost nothing because you need a computer, but you can do this at home on your own computer, right? If you want to be a SOC analyst. Okay. Um, um, what's his name? Uh, Heath or uh, Cyber Mentor, right? Heath has the practical uh, ethical hacking course. So this is education, but in this course, you actually build a little environment and you uh, hack it and do these things. If you could say, hey, I have done Kerber roasting. Hey, I have taken down an AD. I have got domain creds. Like you will be asked technical questions in interviews. And if you've done practical hands-on experience, believe me, you're going to be able to answer those questions because it's going to resonate. There's, there's reading it in a book and then there's doing it at the keyboard and it's just, it's just stickier and it's a little bit more involved. So yes, to me, there's massive value in home labs. Okay. That's that. Can I do it? Oh my God. Oh my God. Kimberly. I, Hey, I do not. So if you don't know, Dan Reardon is haircut fish and he does meme of the week on Thursday. He's been doing it for months if not years. And I do not involve, I do not censor. I do not do those type of things. Um, so I allow haircut fish total uh, carte blanche with these things. So he's asking about designing a Jerry meme shirt. Uh, <laughs> fingers crossed. Um, so good stuff. James McQuiggan ordered some shirts. Thanks for sponsoring uh, the conference. J James that's right. Space Tacos is saying it. Um, I'm going to order a new shirt too. Get my family some. 
Nice. Sean Washington, in between jobs. And by in between, he's already got the next job. Straight crushing it. Straight crushing it. What's up, Jamie Flack? Good to see you in, ch- in chat. Yep. So Christopher K. Hall, you know, learning, setting up PF Sands, practicing PF Blocker VLANs. Very nice. Very, very nice. Um, nice. Okay. Love it. Love it. Love it, guys. Um, like I said, we've got the the game, uh, World of Haiku at four o'clock today. We're gonna do a Simply CyberCon live stream update. Uh, we've been very very transparent with Simply CyberCon. Uh, the financial, it's a nonprofit. The financials are publicly viewable. Um, we have team leads who have been updating along the way. Uh, it's time for an update, which is great. Um, uh, what else are we doing? Looking at my calendar here. Um, all right. And then that's it. And then next week is, uh, next week is, um, black hat DEF CON. And we're going to be all up in that. I will be getting up at 5 AM to do the briefing every morning. Oh, but, uh, it's a labor of love. It's what, it's how we roll. Right. Carrie says, if I use my Ubuntu server for hands-on with SIM and other stuff, will that work as hands-on experience? Yeah, Carrie, as long as you're like in an application, like if you're simulating the actual work that gets done in a, you know, in a cybersecurity role, then that's hands-on experience. It's it's perfect. I will say, you know, another great resource. um, This is a really great resource and I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough. Malware traffic analysis, right? This resource right here, this guy... Um, dude, so like, look at this traffic analysis exercises. Click here. These are all exercises. Like you go through these, believe me, you're going to learn a lot. Just, I just grabbed one randomly. Okay. You can download the PCAP file here. You can download the alerts here. Uh, you know, it's funny. And then look, he gives you some details on what the land looks like. And then the task. These are the questions you should be able to action, uh, be able to answer. When did the infection happen? What is the IP address? You can answer all these, and then the answers are right here, right here. So if you are having trouble, you can look at the answers. If you aren't having trouble, you can answer all of them, and then compare your answers against them to see if you got them right, and if you got them wrong, figure out why. And afterwards, move on to the next one, right? This is an incredible resource. And by the way, looking at PCAP files, you can do that in Wireshark. You can set up a free SIM, feed stuff in there, look around. Like, it's cool. It's cool. It's such a great website. It's really about carving out the time and being vigilant about sticking to it. That's malwaretrafficanalysis.net. Oh, oh, and final, final thing. If you're still here... Um, because, because of, um, the start of the month. So basically in order to cover the costs of the newsletter, um, cause that platform costs a lot of money. Um, I basically am dropping, um, a blog post, blog post sponsor. So if you guys want, if you want, I just dropped a link in chat. Absolutely no no obligation to click on this thing, but if you do click on it, um, hold on, how do I click on this thing? 
if you click on it, it could result in Simply Cyber receiving like a dollar or a fee. I think it's a dollar though um, for the clicking, right? And if you want to learn about the Citrix uh, Netscaler vulnerability, it's actually a pretty big deal. Um, this story goes into exactly what it is, if it affects you, and more importantly, what to do if you have it in your environment. So I pick I pick blog posts that actually will have value. I don't just grab a random one. I look through them and I choose one that I think has real value for the community. But just know, if you click on it, um, it could result in a in, in simply cyber receiving a fee. And kind, of, I don't do this every episode, but I do it uh, monthly, basically, to um, cover the costs. And then I stop doing it. All right. So there's that. All right, I got. I got a couple more minutes. All right, take it easy. Um, what's this? Uh, where's Butler? Oh, by the way, there is a uh, there is channels on the Simply Cyber Discord server for people um, getting rid of equipment or sharing equipment. I think it's called um, Gear Swap. So there's GearSwap North America, GearSwap Europe, GearSwap rest of the world. So if you're looking, if you're on a, um, if you're on, you know, a budget or whatever, um, go check out the gear swaps on the Discord server channel because that's very useful too. Does it help if we repost the blog post link on other social media? Um, no, I, I don't know Space Tacos. I mean, it probably would, but, but don't do it. Um... I don't do it right now. See, the thing is, the thing is the FTC, like the federal trade commission or whatever, they have like really strict, well-defined rules about like, if, if, if I put something on social media and I'm going to get paid or it's like affiliate marketing or something like that, you have to be like wicked explicit that you could get a fee or else you can get in like really serious trouble. Um, which is fine, which is what, like, honestly, I, all I have to minimum do is just say hashtag ad. But for me, it's very important to be crystal clear that this is this could result in fees and, and why and everything like that. But if you post it somewhere else, I don't I don't I don't want it to turn into something. Let me look into it. I appreciate the support, Space Tacos, honestly. What do I think about EJPT? Um you'll have to ask uh Neil Bridges. In the pantheon of offensive security, cybersecurity certifications. I would say, uh, and this is a link to Paul Jeremy. This is like all cyber certs. Um, EJPT is an entry level uh, offensive security pen tester cert. Guys, if it were me, if it were me, if it were me, dollars, dollar to dollar, I would, I would get the PJPT. Honestly, I believe in. I believe in TCM. I believe in the Cyber Mentor Academy. I believe in what they're doing over there. I don't have anything to say one way or the other about INE and EJPT. But if I, like, again, stay with me, guys, because this fourth quarter, Q4, I'm going to have a really big announcement on um, the, the week of September 4th, okay? I think the Simply Cyber Live episode on September 4th is actually going to be just me uh, giving a briefing on the new state of Simply Cyber and what you can expect going forward. Um, 
But for me, I would do this one. In fact, I might even do this one and document it and share with everybody. Okay. Jesse Johnson back in the house. Jesse, I thought you uh, peaced out, my friend. All right. Nice, Jesse. Get after it, my friend. All right. Well, Jesse, don't be shy, man. ChatGPT, I've got videos on the channel on how to use it to bang out your resume specifically tailored for that particular job. Also, the cover letter, all that thing. Jesse Johnson knows what's up. See, Jesse's rec recommending the PJPT. All right, guys, I got to go. I got a meeting with Mr. David Meese. <laughs> Marcus Seiler. Shh. Shh. Yeah. Marcus is right. But what, I'll, what I will tell you is that live stream on um, September um, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th. I think it's September 7th. What I want to share with everybody on those dates is like what my what my values are, what my vision is for Simply Cyber, um, what it's not going to be, what you can expect, um, like how those values are going to drive where we're going. Um, but I, I, I like working on like literally I know it sounds boring and whatever, but like I'm actively documenting and doing thinking sessions on what are what are my values? What is my vision? What am I about? What am I not about? And then I want to crystal, crystal clear, share them with you. And I will document them and I will live by them. So stay tuned for that. All right, guys, it is that time of day. I want to thank all of you for being here. Jawjacking was awesome. You guys are the best. Be good. And we'll see you at 4 p.m. today on the channel. And if you're here just for the news and the jawjacking, well, then I'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. <laughs> Thank you, James McQuiggan. Be good, everybody. Cheers. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that content. Keep the cybersecurity train going by connecting with the other Simply Cyber community resources. We have the Discord server that's lively and always keeps the conversation going. You can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. And also every single weekday morning on the Simply Cyber channel, we're doing live daily cyber threat briefings, 8 a.m. Eastern time, as well as Thursday at 4.30 p.m. We're doing live stream interviews with industry experts, and we produce videos that we push out every Wednesday morning. I'm Jerry from Simply Cyber. I hope you enjoyed the content, and we'll see you in the next one.